it's easy to notice the distance between people, across a room, across the aisle, across the globe. Often, the media, politicians, educators, and even our neighbors seem to emphasize difference, creating chasms between us. But what if the shortest distance between two people is actually a story? Welcome to The Shortest Distance, Story Center's new podcast. We're sharing stories and conversations that explore the joys and challenges of human connection. Right now, we're spotlighting our Stories of Home collaboration with refugee and immigrant communities. This episode features a conversation between Story Center's Amy Hill and two people involved with our recent Stories of Home Material Memories project, storyteller Goli Hashemi and artist Lily Crawford. A long time ago, my sister, who's a visual artist, told me about this little book called The Poetics of Space. It's by the French philosopher Gaston Bachelard. He writes about psychoanalysis and nostalgia, and about emotional responses to buildings and rooms and objects, in literary works, but also in everyday life. Here's a quote from the book that I love. Memories of the outside world will never have the same tonality as those of home, and by recalling these memories, we add to our store of dreams. For some reason, I thought of the poetics of space when Story Center was trying to come up with a way to be in solidarity with our refugee and immigrant colleagues and friends and communities in the wake of the 2016 U.S. presidential election. You remember that time. There was the travel ban, the protests at airports, the border wall. I don't need to go on, other than to state the obvious. The xenophobia and immigrant bashing haven't ended. They've just changed in tone and substance, like the ebb and flow of patterns of migration and flight from danger. Anyway, the project that emerged for us, Stories of Home, is shifting the lens away from what newcomers to the U.S. may feel they are expected to share. You know those stories, the feel-good one of being welcomed with open arms, or the tragic heroic one about encountering and conquering so many obstacles. Instead, Stories of Home is offering spaces for immigrants to be creative, connect with each other, and speak what's real for them on their own terms. We've held about six workshops over the past several years, where storytellers have reflected on what it means to tell a story of a home that no longer exists, or that never really existed, and on who decides what memories get preserved and what is lost. Stories have touched on how the notion of home dissolves or transforms when one chooses, or is forced, to leave one place, one set of relationships, one cultural and political and linguistic context, for another one that's entirely different. In our most recent session, we used the material memories concept that our Story Center artist-in-residence Parul Wadwa has been working with for a while now. It helps people tap into their stories of everyday objects that are precious to them. Usually the people who tell stories in Story Center workshops represent those stories with their own images, photos, video clips, documents from their personal archives, that sort of thing. But sometimes, for lots of complicated reasons, this kind of tangible photographic record had to be left behind or never got created in the first place. 
So for stories of home material memories, we decided to eliminate our usual process of having storytellers come up with images to accompany their stories. Instead, we collaborated with art students. We wanted to see what it would be like for storytellers to see their memories come alive visually through the hands of someone they didn't know. We also wondered what it would be like for artists to come up with original work based on real stories by real people they had never met. For the project, first, a small group of refugee and immigrant storytellers came together in three online meetings, where they shared and crafted and recorded stories about objects they hold dear. We gave the written story scripts to a group of illustration students at the California College of the Arts, who then came up with images, and our team at Story Center put everything together into short videos. Afterwards, I wondered, what would it be like to bring the storytellers and artists together? So I've recorded what happens when some of these storyteller-artist pairs, in this case, Goli Hashemi and Lily Crawford, meet on Zoom for the first time. So why don't we start with you, Goli? Maybe you could just introduce yourself. Sure. So, um, you know, my name, Goli Hashemi, and uh, I'm an Iranian Canadian living in the U.S. for about almost 14 years now. Um, I left Iran when I was 11. Goli didn't come to the U.S. right away. She moved with her family to Dubai first, and then they relocated to Canada, where she grew up. In my mind, I was wondering why she left, and then she told us. I met my husband, who's American, when uh, I was 29 in England. And uh, after a year or so of long distance, we got married and I came here. So that's what brought me to the United States. Um, I'm an occupational therapist. So I work with people with various kinds of disabilities and impairments and help them be able to do the things they need to do, want to do or have to do. Goli doesn't remember the Iranian Revolution in 1979. She was really young at the time. But she does remember the Iran-Iraq War, which was in full swing when her family decided to leave the country. And this is partly why she's working with newly arrived Afghan girls. But we'll get to that later. For now, let's hear from the artist, Lily Crawford. Yeah, I have grown up in California I'm currently a first year at California College of the Arts. I'm in the painting and drawing program. I worked with Lily's school in the fall of 2020, when some students illustrated pandemic stories recorded by several Story Center workshop participants. For stories of home material memories, I knew that each student got their own story script to illustrate, but I was curious about how the instructor, Victoria Wagner, presented the assignment to the class. Um, she showed us a lot of examples, and she gave us, like, our stories. I just remember, like, she presented us with, like, you know, the details of it, told us a little bit about, like, Story Center and everything, and, like, I mean, it was very, like, open. Then the three of us talked a little bit about how to start the conversation. I really want to know what Lily's reaction to hearing my story was, and I... Want to tell her what my reaction after seeing her drawings were. When I first read your story, what really resonated with me was how much you focused on, like, the sensory aspects of things, like how, like, the smells, and you connected it to, like, nostalgia. Because I feel like I'm a really nostalgic person as well. 
you talked about like the aroma of like the saffron and like things like that. Like I just loved how you did that a lot. And that really helped me like visualize what to put into my drawings. So before we hear more from Goli and Lily, let's listen to Goli's story. And since you can't see the images on a podcast, I'll just say that the video is illustrated with beautiful black and white drawings and a few personal photos. We'll tell you how to watch it at the end of the episode. After my maternal grandmother passed away, I got a few pieces of her silverware that were no longer part of his set. Most had been displaced, like immigrants sometimes scatter as they move from one country to another. Yet they were special to me as they reminded me of my childhood, since when my parents and I left Iran during the war, we were only able to take personal belongings and clothes. Amongst these random silverware were two tiny mismatched teaspoons, the kind used to stir cubed sugar in small glass teacups called estacan. I didn't think of them much at the time, especially because I never drink sweet tea. But once back in my kitchen in Oakland, they became my saffron spoons. I used their slim tip to retrieve a tiny amount of ground saffron mixed with sugar to mix with hot water in a glass jar on the rare occasions I prepare Persian food. This is when the spoons come to life. The sounds of the metal tapping the glass jar, almost like a bell ringing, takes me right back to our Friday visits to my grandparents' house and all the tea drinking that took place amongst adults. I used to wonder how they drank so much tea and wanted so badly to stir mine as gracefully as they did in those ornate estacons. It gets better though. While I'm feeling nostalgic as a result of the tapping of the spoon on the glass, the aroma of the saffron blends with the smell of the basmati rice and takes me to all the kitchens of my childhood, even to my most recent visit to my mom's kitchen in Toronto. I'm no longer sure where home is, but for those few seconds of the tap 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 or the ringing of the spoon against the glass and the scent of Persian rice, my senses are filled. I am filled with both sadness for the losses and times past and with the joy of the good memories we carry with us. Every time I hear this story, I feel the heartbreak of people scattering like those precious teaspoons. As we all talked on Zoom, Goli shared what it was like for her to be uprooted at age 11 and disconnected from everything she knew. On the one hand... We were happy to be leaving, but the other hand, you know, it was me, my mom, my dad, and my sister, and there's so much we're leaving behind, which makes it maybe more bitter than sweet experience, but there's that excitement that we're getting out of here, but oh my gosh, look at all that we're leaving behind, and how can we justify leaving when everybody else is going to be here? This made me think again about that store of dreams living inside our memories of home, and also about the ways loved ones from the past populate our thoughts of distant times and places. What would it feel like to see these kinds of memories made visible as art? Here's what Goli said when Lily asked how it was for her to watch the completed video for the first time. Your drawings were pretty much right on, recognizing you've never met me, you have no idea what my kitchen <laughs> or pots and pans look like. Um, 
I loved how, you know, you had the shape of the estacons right, even though that I didn't have one of those myself to use as a sample. I was like, oh, she knew exactly <laughs> what type of, you know, estacon um, they used uh, traditionally. So I loved it all. Um, oh, yeah, the teaspoons. Uh, like, that was very much the focus of your story. Like, how did you come to that decision? Yeah, I kind of thought about different objects that I have. Um, in the end, I think I really wanted something that actually had more of the, all that sensory stuff in it. And with those teaspoons, it's amazing. What I described is what happens when I use them. And so it felt really great to use them as opposed to a flower vase or other knickknacks that I might have left over. Yeah, I really love that. And I don't know if I did it justice or not, but like I really wanted to focus on like the details of the teaspoon because like they're so beautiful. I love that they have so much like connected to them, just like these spoons. Like when we were working on it in class, like doing our storyboards and everything, like we would... um look at each other's all the students in the class like pass them around or like give each other you know feedback and that was a really good way at like in making new connections in class and everything so I was just going to ask you if you guys shared your stories with each other and compared images that you were gonna draw because we shared our stories as a group as we were developing them, our objects and how we might talk about them as we were about to write them. So it's nice to hear that as a class, you had this whole group experience as well. Yeah. And uh, how did you come up with the style or the images that you were going to draw? Um, I actually usually do work with a lot of color. Like, so this was, I think, partially me seeing what I could do with just black and white, like see if I could still convey emotions and feelings, like the feelings that you were talking about. And just like exploring my style in pen and ink for sure, because I tend to work with like oil paint and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I feel like I was just experimenting in that way. And then some of the things I do were from the movies or whatever that were in my brain when I was reading it, like putting that onto paper. Um, I never really also illustrated anything like with narrative because I don't tend to do that. I usually just, you know, do paintings and things like that. So having like a story to like inspire each thing and try and express a narrative was something that I don't know if I would have done if I hadn't had this project. So did you relate to the story in any way? Or is there an incident from your own life that kind of reminds you of my story? Well, I mean, I never had to, like, you know, move everything to a new space or anything. But, like, the aspects of when you're talking about, like, you know, the food reminding you of, like, parts of your childhood, definitely. Um, I'm quarter Mexican, quarter Nicaraguan. And I feel like I'm more connected to my Mexican side of my family and I just remember a lot throughout my family's history and everything like we would make food together you know and like smells and like helping my grandma cook and everything and um so I feel like that's what I really connected to I mean I didn't have any object like spoons or anything that necessarily reminded me but like 
we have like a folder or like something with just all these really old recipes at my house and like the paper's all like faded and and stuff but it just has so much like there's so much love in there you know yeah so true exactly the kitchen is so central to families and cultures it really is it really is um have you shared this story with like who did you share it with like in your family So immediately after I got the first draft, I actually shared it with uh, one of my cousins who I'm very close with. And part of that was she was staying with us when we were developing those stories and kept asking me, what are you doing tapping the spoons on the glasses? And what are you recording this story for? So I felt that because she had asked me and I at the time I kept her in the dark, uh, she deserved to know. So I sent it to her and I said, this is a rough draft as Amy and I were working on the music and um, she couldn't talk for 10 minutes after watching it. She was so emotional. One of the questions after she was able to speak was, you didn't do the drawings, did you? I said, no, it was an art student. She's like, I didn't think you were that good. (laughs) I've tried art and I actually used to think I wanted to go to an art school and maybe I would have had it not been cultural pressures to be a healthcare provider, but I haven't sketched in a long time. So I think that was probably why she asked if I did it. The drawings were so well done that after I watched it, I just loved the idea of us connecting and meeting. Yes, me too, me too. You had only seen the written part, not even heard my voice when you did the illustrations, right? Yeah. So when you actually heard my voice afterwards and saw how it went with the pictures, how did that feel? Yeah, I loved seeing it all put together. I was so excited when I saw in my email that it was finished. And so to hear your voice and like everything put together, it was just amazing. I really enjoyed that. Then Lily asked Goli if she's doing anything with storytelling and art now. What I am really working on is working more with refugee immigrant populations, but more in terms of the process that focuses on the value of art as a way to engage people without the need for language. Because as OTs, occupational therapists, we really believe in using our hands and bodies and senses. Um, I'm probably going to try and use activities that touch on all of those. So making sure even if they're using their hands, it's not only necessarily with a paintbrush. Maybe get your hands dirty and touch and feel and maybe we could add aromas or movement to it. Um, and these girls, so they're Afghan girls that I'm starting to do this with. Transportation will be an issue because they may not have cars, their families are able to give them rides. So it's a little tricky to figure those logistics out. But I've been doing some family gatherings with Afghan newcomers and the children and youth really want more programs. And the parents really want more engagement for their children due to sense of isolation or they're feeling their children are getting depressed. So I really feel that because I was at that similar age when we moved, 
it would be really nice to try and provide that connection with the youth. Do you think you would ever need, like, volunteers or help or anything? You want to volunteer? <laughs> yeah, I would love to. That would be, that'd be so amazing. I would love that. All the storytellers in the workshop provided a few photos of themselves or people from their stories for their artists to use as they created images. One of the photos that Goli shared with Lily was a close-up photograph of her grandmother's hands. Here's what Goli said when Lily asked about her favorite image from the story. Well, the beginning part, I think your image of the hands really consolidated that connection with my grandparents. So with my grandmother that passed away a few years ago, whose hands you drew, um, it really touched me. And of course, no one else who sees that video is ever going to know that came from a photo I shared that took it almost to the next phase of connection with you, almost like you knew that that's such a valuable photo for me. Yeah. Um, so I loved that, and I asked for a copy of it. <laughs> and oh, wow. Amy that's sent me the image on its own out of the video, which was, which was really nice. Awesome. Um, I really loved the last sentence. I'll just read it. I am filled with both sadness for the losses in times past and with the joy of the good memories we carry with us. I, I thought that was just such a beautiful way to um, bring it all together. Thank you. Yeah, and I and I think about that. I actually have listened to it, you know, many times. I've watched it over and over again. Every time I share it, I watch it again. It's like partnership even made it more special to know that I have an art student who's going to be doing these sketches I want everybody to have this story-making experience. We talked a little more about the story and about art and about a few other things, and then everyone had to go. Thank Bye. you so much. I do have a 2 o'clock meeting, so I should go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you both. Thank you Bye. so much. Very nice meeting you, Lily. Bye-bye. so nice meeting you both. Bye. Goli had mentioned that she was planning to share the story with the rest of her family on Persian New Year, March 21st. I emailed her the next day to say belated Happy New Year and hear how it went. This is part of her reply. Dear Amy, thank you for the New Year wishes. I shared the story with my mom and dad in person and others online. My mom and dad were very touched, and my mom was emotional and said, So this is why you needed those photos months ago. With my other family and friends, those who watched it were absolutely touched. Reactions ranged from, you're so talented, when and how did you do this with your schedule, to how the narration was filled with emotions and love. This episode of The Shortest Distance was created by me, Amy Hill, together with Goli Hashemi and Lily Crawford. It features the music of Blue Dot Sessions and historic tracks from an Iranian music collection on archive.org. Special thanks to Patricia Rojas Zambrano with the Center for Refugees and Immigrants Wellness in Action Program and Parul Wadwa, who co-facilitated the Stories of Home Material Memories online workshop, Victoria Wagner, faculty at California College of the Arts, and all of Victoria's students who participated. To watch the video of Goldie's story illustrated by Lily, 
visit Story Center's YouTube channel and search for My Grandmother's Teaspoons. We hope you'll tune in to our next episode, and we'd love it if you'd join one of Story Center's many workshops to share a story of your own.